Hammer, and ahoy there, mean mateys. This be your old pal, Gravy Jones, from Gravy Jones Locker, here in Columbia, South Carolina. We've been dry docked, as it were, what with all this talk about coronas and such, and labeled as non-essential, as if serving up over a hundred varieties of tasty sweet meat drippings could ever be non-essential, yar. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we be closed for business, no, ye land lovers. Why, we be having our very own curbside service available. That's right, just pull up your car, on up, roll down one of your windows, we bit, honk twice, only twice, and chuck about $10 worth of cash out your window. We also accept the balloons. And we'll put a hose right up to your vehicle and top you off with our gravy du jour. Yar. Be it biscuits or meat, rice, pilaf, or anchi, don't be off your rocker. Still to Ruby Jones Locker! <laughs> and remember, Wednesdays are SOS Day. Jibe ho! <laughs> What's a jibe? Uh, Swimcasters uh, show about RPGs and stuff like that. I am Toaster, I am a cowboy, but let's get into the show. <laughs> Cause it's gonna be the future soon, and I won't always be this way. When the things that make me weak and strange get engineered away. It's gonna be the future soon, I've never seen it quite so clear. And when my heart is breaking, I can close my eyes and it's already Everybody, here's a bunch of jerks sitting around talking about stuff. All right, Swarmcast. So you've been listening to the show for a while, I imagine. If not, go back and listen to all the previous episodes. You probably have picked up by now that um, there's a couple things us Swarmcast hosts love. One is music. We did a whole episode where we talked nothing but all sorts of music. And the other thing we like is cyberpunk. You know, we did a whole big episode on on Shadowrun. Go back and listen to that. Um, And there's a few episodes where I know I've probably talked with uh, Ed from Shades of Vengeance about all sorts of cyberpunk related stuff. So this is going to be a treat because this this what we're going to be talking about today really kind of brings all of that together in one nice package. I have with me right now the wrong brothers colin and cameron wrong how's it going guys hey thanks so much for having us <laughs> be here we're really happy to be on the show so the the game in particular that i'm referencing here is your game axon punk yeah and so the um i want to say the original version i guess is there, as far as i know the original version uh the, yeah. book, the, the book that i'm holding up in front of the microphone so all my listeners can can see oh. it is uh, axon punk overdrive and i think it each actually says 1.0 on it so that's right so that's fascinating and i had heard about this game quite a few years ago when i was listening to another podcast suffice it to say i had heard about it on a podcast of really great uh repute it was uh, ken and robin talking about i don't know something that's where i heard about axon punk that's and right keisha went on that one that's right yep yeah. <laughs> 
our illustrious Keisha Howard, our fearless Sugar Gamers leader and uh, direction of all sorts of good stuff. Where am I talking to yeah. you guys at? Where are you? Absolutely. So I'm calling in from Chicago, breezy Chicago over here. Um, I've been here for the last 10 years or so, and, uh, and Cameron and I originally grew up in Texas, right in the DFW area, so right in Arlington, and Cameron's lived in Dallas before that, but he can tell you where he's at right now. Well, I am Cameron Kyle, and I am in London, Ontario, Canada. It's about 200K south of Toronto. And uh, yeah, I have been here for, moved here in January, actually, and uh, right before COVID hit. So it's uh, been an interesting place, but it's a lovely place to live. So yeah. Oh my, what a, what a time to have moved down there, <laughs> or up there, rather. Uh, oh, wow. Right, I really had to enjoy my apartment. <laughs> Axon Punk. Well, well, tell me a little bit about this game. What's what yeah, sort of things yeah. drive this game? What what inspires this game? Thank you. That's a great question because not everyone that's listening is as familiar with it as because thank you for supporting the original Kickstarter. It's, it really makes my little heart glow to hear <laughs> to just you know see the the book on the other side of the mic. But <laughs> Axon Punk is a hip hop inspired cyberpunk game where you play people living in the mega cities of 2085 it's a dystopian future but what really brings people together to survive in these tough conditions is music and specifically hip-hop music which is um you know the the music of the cities and and um it's very inspirational and the game is about um thinking on your feet being creative improv improvising and um but also building a community and working together in these crumbling dystopian megacities that evil megacorps are ruling over and the um, the civilians living in their self-regulated zones have to pull together and build these neighborhoods where they can find their utilities and the food they need and so a lot so we think of it as very like grassroots cyberpunk and it's about working together it's about building up and it's about like working with your neighbors and taking care of your community. And so that, so you, you don't have a fixer, not like you would necessarily in Shadowrun, but you, um, you get quests and the campaign unfolds from your neighborhood that you build at the beginning of the campaign. Right. And for me, artistically, Axon Punk is different from a lot of cyberpunk because it is a, a very dry Judge Dredd style Southern American sprawl rather than say a wet Seattle sprawl. Um, it is not as dark as things like Shadowrun. In comparison, we wanted a much brighter, much more neon base where they're coming in with advertisements from all different sides, very similar to Robocop. Uh, we wanted it to be dry and neon and very much uh, during the day as well as, uh, you know, in the dark night. Um, so, yeah. You mentioned Judge Dredd, and I had not made that connection and. You you said that, and I just been reading some 2000 AD, not too long ago actually, and I can I totally get what you're, where you're coming from with that. I'm a huge Judge Dredd fan. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, Judge Dredd actually has a weird reference. They have a southern sprawl where there's three cities, three major mega cities in Judge Dredd, mm -hmm. and the southern one is Mega City Texas. <laughs> okay, and it's based off of Dallas. And it's it's amazing. It heavily influenced a lot of the street art that I was doing for this current edition because it was wild and vibrant and, and uh, southern 
um, and uh, tense. And I, I enjoyed all of that from from Judge Dredd. Uh, so if you can get Mega City, Texas, I highly recommend it. What are some of the hip hop influences that went into this? I mean, I know, yeah. I know, I know a lot of them because I looked in the book and every, and <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. It was almost like a yeah, got it, got it, need it, need it, got it. Well, because we wanted to keep it a little, we wanted to keep it a little indie, but nothing too off the radar, right? We wanted it to be approachable mm-hmm. and um, and kind of full of these Easter eggs, um, which is something I really view a lot of in, sci- in, in sci-fi in general. When I was a kid reading cyberpunk, I often had to look up things. And so I, part of writing Axon Punk was kind of encouraging our, our reviewer, our readers to look deeper into what uh, what's there. But when we... When we started working on this, we, we wanted to make a cyberpunk game. We wanted it to be light and fun, something really approachable. But we also wanted, like right off the bat, like hip hop was something that we really wanted involved in this because there's this super cool subgenre of hip hop, cyberpunk that's out there already. And it's been bubbling up since the early days of like P-Funk and um, has been connected to um, really sense the beginning of hip hop with people like Grandmaster Flash, um, just soldering his own synthesizers um, in in the early eighty in the early eighties when Gibson was writing cyberpunk, um, early hip hop DJs and stuff like that were straight up living it, mm-hmm. and so those are really important influences because we started seeing this stuff and seeing the connections of the real life people, and um, and so that was huge, and I was really influenced myself by Janelle Monae. Um, who is um, now a household name, which is awesome. And right. <laughs> um, but her epic story arc with her albums, where it's really, really well thought out, and with with cool cyberpunk references to PK Dick, and just all across the board, and very deep and very well thought out. <clears throat> I just wanted to kind of take their ideas and Deltron Thirty Thirty, and um, and Saul Williams, um, all of these people who've been using cyberpunk and hip-hop and and sci-fi blending them all together to create this very hopeful vision of the future and you know an honest one that 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 addresses issues but also it has this cool idea of community building of hope of optimism and that was the cyberpunk that i wanted to lift wanted to play in we're like let's friggin' make that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah and a lot of these things were, were introduced to me by cameron and a lot of his friends, because he's the older brother. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a weird journey with hip hop um, because, and I've I've been kind of rediscovering a lot of hip hop that I used to listen to as a kid. But I found out that I was getting weird hip hop references through like magazines and through a lot of early like rollerblade skate videos. I recently <laughs> watched a couple of those, and I was like looking back and I was like, so I guess I heard Wu-Tang Clan in 1993 because I honed this video at the time and I didn't realize that was what it was. It's pretty cool how full circle a lot of this stuff came. And I, I worked uh, as a DJ, uh, a vinyl DJ in South Dallas for a while. And we have such a vibrant hip hop culture that's fostered by Erica Badu. Mm, yeah. We have these amazing people like Big Truck and uh, these wonderful Southern, uh, you know, I saw Wu-Tang at Erica's, you know, venue when, you know, when the Jizza was coming through with lyrical swords. I, I was spoiled living in South Dallas for hip hop. Um, it was amazing. Oh wow, that that does sound amazing. <laughs> See, um, yep. 
my my early introductions into hip hop were mainly like um, Public Enemy, Slick Rick, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Very so it, cool. It's it's interesting to um, reading through the the Axon Punk timeline. How the timeline is also just sort of a timeline of technology and a timeline of the innovations that were coming down and things that were influencing the hip hop scene. I had I had um probably about a year or so ago I had been watching the hip hop revolution or hip hop evolution uh, show on Netflix. Oh, nice! I think I watched that too. Yeah, and and it's really good. And it was neat because watching that and going, wait, didn't I? Yeah, I was reading. I was reading about that recently. Where was I reading that? Oh, it was in that that game, that source book for that game. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! But it, so it's it's neat the way the way um, you've taken these these very interesting concepts that. I want to say that you tie them together, but you're right. They kind of are already linked together and you've just sort of made that, that, that logical path. Um, and I do love the fact that with the, I know I'm just gushing over, over your game, but I do love the fact that, that this isn't just your, your typical cyberpunk. Hey, let's just go in and, and, you know, murder hobo everything and, and take everything. It is, it is very much built on the community and, and such. It's actually very difficult to murder Hobo in Axon Punk. Um, when we were building the dice mechanic system with the percentiles, mm-hmm. it's so risk-reward um, and gambly that it is very difficult. You can take big risks and do all sorts of interesting stuff, especially with our exhaustion mechanics where you can add to your dice rolls and push yourself beyond uh, what your character's ability Taking hits in Axon Punk is pretty heavy, and people go down pretty quickly. So uh, you're not squishy in any way, shape, or form, but there is that gamble to risking uh, sometimes your actual physical body in, in the cyberized way or your digital body in the AI way to proceed forward. It's kind of this risk-reward. Yeah, yeah. And um, and one of the things, one of the funny things that we decided to kind of an early design thing that tied into that, that kind of um, was that we wanted when you level up an Axon Punk, you don't increase your hit points. We decided that your, you know, your body, your, your, yes, you're getting, you can get faster, you can get, you can get, you know, your reflexes can get better and things like that. But your physical body isn't going to like, the, like, just because you've done some jobs doesn't mean you can necessarily take more bullets in Axon Punk. Um, unless you get specific cyberware, unless you, you know, there are options. But as a default thing, we wanted a shotgun blast to be able to kill a level 10 character. And it, it you know, it mathematically, it basically can. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and it just, you know, there's, we, I live in Chicago. I'm a fan of the, uh, one of Cameron's buddies. And we, we like the Dresden Files and they have some cool things ah. about, you know, Sometimes, you know, you just pull a gun on somebody and it's like, I don't care. <laughs> um, you know, and so like uh, there's some interesting we wanted some of those moments in Axon Punk. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so that was that was some just math decisions. It's so in the Axon Punk game, it's driven a little bit different from your normal like D&D or, or even Shatterun. It's it's got a, a very interesting component. It's sort of um, I don't remember the exact terminology you guys use, but it's 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 scene driven in a way if i want to say yeah 
Basically, yeah, yeah. It's very like, um, you know, like mission, I think is maybe the, the term we kind of do for it. Okay. Use on it. And, um, but scenario driven, but um, like k- killing things doesn't get you experience points. Um, and basically, if you're, if you're just doing a one shot, then you've got, you can use like a built in community that we've got in the game to give you your little like home neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, were you actually, um, funny side note, uh, were, did you ever play the, one of the Shadowrun video games called Shadowrun Returns? Yes, I have. Yes, I it's, have. <laughs> that was a fun, it was actually pretty friggin' good. Oh, yeah. Um, not, Again, you may, uh, not to get too, too tight, side tangently, but they had a really good one. Um, I can't remember the name of the one, but it, it, you have a nice little neighborhood, and then you go out from that neighborhood. You like work on the neighborhood, um, and it, it does a really good job of kind of showing a, a, a nice little structure. But we like that kind of having that little home base, and you work out from it. And each location and each person has trouble uh, with a capital T, and then each from um, solving those troubles is what you what gets you like the experience point like the big the big rewards in axon punk which we call narrative reward okay and so a lot of it is um you you set up your neighborhood at the beginning of the of the thing your community you have these cool different joints that you go to that have intriguing connects and people at them and then they have trouble the trouble draws drama to them drives the fiction and then as you solve these troubles you get rewards but it's the dystopian megacities of 2085 so there's always trouble and immediately as you solve one, another one, you, you either make it up or you roll it on a table. And um, and that kind of, that's the grassroots mechanic that kind of draws from there. Well, and then there's also uh, our combat style mechanics, which are very, as we would say, like scene driven. They're very designed to be very fast in a Hong Kong cinematic type of way. Uh, they occur in what I call three second flashes. So every round is a three-second interaction round, whereas D&D tends to be five to seven seconds. Uh, This is condensed into a very fast. You have two actions. Only one of them can be a movement. Um, Only one of them can be an attack, and then you can do an alternative one. Um, You can sacrifice uh, movement and options to gain certain advantages. Um, Each person rolls off as a side, and so you can have double stacked turns which are very interesting and fun uh to have built into that and then um within that this allows for very very fast flowing uh mechanics and it keeps these things very 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 tight so initiative is rolled as a group and you would pick in which order that you would attack so you can have that cinematic He's going to drop down, shoot out the legs. I'm going to come across with the sword and try and take out this person uh, in front of them. And if we get enough initiative, if he staggers backwards, we're going to get a double round because our initiative broke him the second time. So we're going to press our advantage in the next three second round and continue that. And then sometimes you end up on the back foot and it was once again very fast. (laughs) Oh, wow. So yeah, it just kind of shifts some of the dynamics where, um, but it allows for a lot of creativity. It allows for a lot of group uh, work, which is another really important thing for Axon Punk, which we take serious, is the idea of being able to do these cool montages where people are working together and doing, um, you know, almost Marvel versus Capcom, like super combo things. Um, but, um, but basically we have a, like a, a mechanic, which we call rhythm, mm-hmm. which is, 
ties in ties in hip hop, but it's it lets you do that cool anime scene where people are moving and, and, and together like like Beastie Boys style, one after the other, and um, and that in combat, and so that that really ties into all kinds of creativity, and it also allows our players to work together just so seamlessly, and sometimes you know you don't want to sometimes you just want to help somebody else out across the table. And um, and so Axon Punk really lets people stack up on roles and contribute together and 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 meld brains and push the envelope and do weird uh, unorthodox cyberpunk hip hop things. And so Axon Punk Overdrive was the first edition. Really um, pushed it super hard. It was very um, you know DIY and and raw. And now we're doing Axon Punk Expanded. Which you, uh, which we'll see on the next version, which has uh, colon expanded with 2.0 on it, very fancy. Awesome. And um, but this one has the same core rules, same core system, and um, but we're but we're basically just adding cool more material, more art, more cool gear. Like there was a there was a lot of things that like I had ambitions. We had ambitions about getting to. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you got to publish a book. And uh, but now we're doing it print on demand. We're doing it just um, Wrong Brothers and Sugar Gamers collaboration. And so like there, a lot of things have changed since we put this out. So we're much more able to grab the reins, really do Axon Punk justice and go as big and awesome as we want to. Oh, very cool. So adding two new writers. Um, yeah. With Elvery Peters and Nathan, oh, what's Nathan's last name? I'm so sorry. Blades. Nathan Blades. Blades is his legal name. Oh, oh. it's his legal name? Okay, yeah. Nathan Blades. Yeah. I love it. Wow. <laughs> um, so we're adding two new writers as well with expanded uh, runs and new content and new communities within all that and new archetype characters. So you're not just getting, it's expanded in the fact also that you're getting two other writers in this on top of everything else, Uh, as well as we're also fielding a whole team of content writers that are going to write short stories for this. So we have 10 short story authors that are also adding to the world in general. Oh, wow. Um, That's very cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, because Axon Punk, you know, we wanted it to be pretty, you know, very open-ended. Cameron and I are two dudes working hard, um, and um, I use "dude" as a very loose term, um, but uh, but we are, um, but it's, uh, but yeah, but like, there's only so much we can do. So you, you know, collaboration is the is the answer, and um, there's so many wonderful people that we've we've met on the internet or met from our history that we want to bring in and have contribute to Axon Punk directly. And so we we do this through one by bringing them into like writing things. So Nathan and Trent are going to elderly are going to do both um, like adding new scenarios and new content directly to the core book. And uh, but in addition to the core game book, we wanted a product that you know, not everybody isn't a, you know wants to buy the game book or things like that you know or or as a bonus feature, but also to inspire dungeon masters for for Axon Punk. To add to the world is basically a, a fluff book, a source book, um, and it's short okay. stories, um, really flash fiction stories, so a thousand words or less. So really, these vignettes, these moments, these flashes of the world from the future, and um, and so we we have these stories. We did the first volume 
we call them the gonzo documents so gonzo like pov kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah and um and so that was we did one with with uh i don't know how many authors we got in the end i think it was eight in the end um plus me and cameron for 10 for the first one and then um and then this one is just straight up 10 all new authors um i think we got a couple of repeats because they were totally worth it because we want them back but either way 10 authors 10 stories and um it, they're going to be new stories it's going to be so cool like we've got like oh my god i could gush about every <laughs> single one of them for so long <laughs> the authors are amazing yeah for our listeners who didn't get the axon punk kickstarter hopefully by the time this goes live we will have it set up so that if you go to the kickstarter you can click and uh, you'll be able to pledge uh, you'll be able to do a late pledge basically and still get in on uh, what we're offering oh that's very so cool. that'll be- that's, yeah, that's yeah, we're working cool. on, but we're going to include some nice add-ons that you can add in addition to the book and things like that. So we're looking into uh, making sweet like Axon Punk t-shirts, Axon Punk coffee mugs. With the internet, there's so many more options than there were before um, <laughs> right? to make these things. And um, like they're cool quality things that we can get. And so we're strategizing those on what the fancy add-ons will be coming before long. But at least you'll be able to get the the the, the basic Axon Punk expanded kickstarter content up very very soon just a quick little anecdote about nathan blades <laughs> um who is a really cool uh, game designer um from london england we've got multiple londons here <laughs> London's and um, and so the funny thing just to, just because it camera mentioned it made me think but you we talked about the flash fiction stories and about how that is intended to inspire game masters to come up with their own little stories and um, and so the first one we put out, and one of our friends, Darcy Ross, wrote this wild story about some skyscrapers in the middle of the Pacific and things like that. Really wild stuff. Very cool. She's a biologist. And um, but this Shadowrun podcaster from England read it, decided to run his own session set in her own little community that Darcy had made like tagged us on Twitter. We got in contact with him and uh, we were just so, it's just a lucky strike, strike of lightning. Um, but this super cool person. And, um, and so we were able to, so we just reached out and we're like, Oh my God, you're amazing. Can we please get you on the, on the pay bill? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so that was like a really wonderful thing. So Nathan uh, is an absolute gem and, uh, and they've got a lot, they've got a lot of initiative. And um, so there's, really chomping at the bit, so we're looking to see what we can do. So, yeah, look out for Nathan's stuff, because their things are really, really interesting. Oh, that's really cool. That's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've talked about Axon Punk a lot. I mean, Cameron, do you want to talk about the uh, the game, the uh, the new Quick Start game that we got coming up soon? Yeah, so last Gen Con, not this uh, COVID Gen Con, but the Gen Con from before that, we playtested a... Southern uh, Gothic rural fantasy set in the 1990s. That's a spell slinging uh, dark comedy, <laughs> kind of uh, call it Cthulhu meets King of the Hill, where you play uh, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, you play fallen angels and risen demons uh, that like crossroad demons that make deals, fallen angels that awaken and dead bodies and have to figure out what's going on. 
Um, we have vampires that are energy vampires and that can feel the room and track people with senses. We have hunters that actually track uh, different th crazy things like chupacabras. And the idea is this is sort of a it has a bit of an environmental allegory with Colin helping write in this where there is a lot of the uh, flow of chi and energy in North America flows down from the north and gets filtered through the Gulf. And because of the pollution and a lot of issues in the 90s, like the oil spills and things like that, a lot of the energy is getting built up, built up and it's not filtering through. So the veil to our reality is starting to slip and weird uh, creatures and uh, old gods are walking around Texas, Louisiana and Oklahoma like they've never had the ability to. Chupacabras are getting super powered into by crazy fey spirits. Uh, women are making uh phoenix reanimation deals with crocodiles we have southern <laughs> voodoo um lots and lots of santeria um and uh a lot of the southern like mexican hispanic uh folklore that we've grown up with like la llorona and el cuy things that i was scared of as a kid growing up in texas <laughs> Um, and then letting them come through into our reality and having to deal with them as a magical being. Um, and this is a very Southern blues uh, metal game. So it's paired with uh, Southern uh, heavy metal and Southern blues uh, from around that time period in 90s. So like Axon Punk is paired with hip hop and it's a, it's a forward thinking uh, progressive hip hop cyberpunk game. This is a uh back throw 1990s rural texas heavy metal blues uh urban you know throwing fireballs in a motel six and driving off in your truck because there are bigfoots chasing after you type of situation oh that's interesting that's making me think of um that makes me think of a lot of the band clutch in in a lot of ways <laughs> clutch is exact clutch is perfect re reference clutch crowbar <laughs> like this is yeah, all okay. in the key yes perfect oh my gosh yeah i'm sitting here thinking of ghoul wrangler as you're, as you're <laughs> yeah exactly as you're talking about that it's like oh, oh interesting. yeah 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 clutch has got a song about uh like uh interbreeding um dragons in the swamps of no no someplace <laughs> like the, uh -huh, yeah uh-huh yeah so many nerdy wonderful clutch songs out there <laughs> i want there to be a dragon in louisiana swamp and you have to go and figure it out like <laughs> uh i mean the play testing was great because like the in the quick start packet there are uh insane chupacabras that i did in this place there and most people managed to like heal them magically and one group like rode them into battle and became friends with them <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's wacky and silly because the you uh, all the spell components are things that are around you and you do improvisational spells based upon the component that you have. So you know if you want to create a wall of glass, you might pick up a beer bottle and touch a brick wall and use your magical powers to combine that, and you have this weird glass wall and the the you know glass in your hand and the bricks that you're touching dissolve and a glass wall appears 
and you know someone might shatter that with fire or something like that ah. it's got a very similar axon punk speed it is meta- mechanically its own system okay. i was inspired by a friend uh from singapore that was talking about a dice shortage in asia so this is going to be a d6 really? cool game and so yeah so that was an interesting thing so cameron's came up with this cool idea of using these like small dice pools like nothing nothing like huge bricks of dice mm-hmm. but like four dice at a time like something you could pull out of a monopoly set and um and and play a cool game with but with it and yeah and it's got kind of a um like you basically set it's got it's i like a lot because you set the difficulty of the ritual basically like um, a good example is like um i want to sneak past some guards it's like okay well how many guards are there all right, well, there's three guards. Okay, let's do a level three ritual to get past them. So like, there's kind of different ways or like, I want to throw a fireball. Um, Cool, how big of a fireball do you want to throw? Um, And so we have a a damage scale, you know, X, you know, you want to deal a D20, it's level five fireball or something like that. There's options if you roll like sixes, you can overcharge the spell, it's got interesting ways. So if you try and do like a, a really big spell, it can blow up in your face, basically. So, um, okay. yeah, so it's got this kind of, like, bet hedging. Sometimes you want a precise spell, or sometimes you want to direct, you know, I want my fireball to be spotted silent. Um, okay, cool, let's add another level onto that. And huh. um, it lets you build these little spells. It's very clever. It's what? right about, it's like about precision spell casting and finding a balance, because you don't want an overpowered spell or a spell that fizzles, and, and the the idea of a wizard being their own boundary like this having they have them having to be the conduit uh and them being the thing that shapes it uh that having that type of balance of of controlling the elements was really important in trying to emphasize that so you really want to roll basically balanced and so well you know uh, if you roll a one or two in a dice pool, it would be an, a fizzle. If you roll in the middle, a four, uh, a three, four, and five, you would get a successful spell. And then sixes are are overpowered, so you would have an unexpected result that you would then have to narratively work with. So, like a, you know, a inverse critical. How can I get this game? Because <laughs> well, it's, it sounds pretty cool. Right now, thank you. We've got a. It's called Souls of the Gulf. And uh, the Gulf Coast, and uh, but Souls of the Gulf because I like that. And um, but it's it's on our website right now, and we're gonna have our quick start packet um, up for download for free very soon. And um, because we want to polish up a couple little things on that, but overall, like I think it's a really strong packet. And uh, but one of the things is that Cameron's been doing really cool art for it, and so we've got like everything's been updated, and we have the uh, kind of. It's kind of like last year's packet, so we got to brush it up a little bit. Yeah, it's in <laughs> black and white, and I kind of want to do it in color. And I, uh, I want to update the character sheets for sure. That's mm-hmm. that's the key is the character sheets. I want them to have a brush. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so, we'll, we'll, we'll we won't make people wait too long, but it'll be <laughs> we'll our packet out uh, as soon as we can, and um, and we'll have that for down download and. Um, on DriveThruRPG and on our website, wrongbrothersgaming.com. And uh, because we definitely, um, you know, Kickstarters are wild. Who knows if we're going to like set up a Patreon or if we're going to do more Kickstarters or whatever. Um, but we definitely want to start building hype and building social media 
excitement for that. So look out for Souls of the Gulf from Wrong Brothers. Well, that's a, that does sound very cool. So thank um, you. Yeah. So what? Well, we got a couple things coming up next. Coming up next year. One um, interesting. One interesting thing that you can get right now, viewers. Um, you can go to our website and download this and uh, put it to use immediately, which is a cool little uh, one-page single-player ment- uh, like self-help basically game, um, like little little mental health help game, and it's called Breaking Spirals. Uh, we've been working on it for a couple of years, but now it's like officially published. It was it went out on Free RPG Day earlier this year in a little indie game collection called Level 1 from uh, Ninth Level Games. Yeah, I know the guys at Ninth Level Games. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. They do great work. And so they had this really, like, community-supportive, like, uh, thing called Level 1 where it's free RPG day. It's a perfect print, gorgeous book if anyone picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll be they'll be doing uh, – it'll be available and uh, and it'll be for free download as well uh, on PDF. But um, it's basically just one page indie RPGs and indie games, and it's so approachable, and it's such a good idea to to just give to the world basically for free on free RPG day. Right, and the story of Breaking Spirals was for me. I was having a really really difficult Gen Con one year where I was having health issues and I had to go home, and I felt like I didn't want to waste my Gen Con. So I sat down and started dealing, trying to create a game to deal with health problems, panic attacks, mental health problems, to just get me through a gate to someone that I can discuss these issues with, uh, you know, if I'm stuck in an environment, just to help me focus. So it is a, a simple game that's like a meditation-based game where you have a conversation with yourself you set your goal your conversation goal your problem that you want to deal with there are two word banks one that takes you up one that takes you down and you basically try and talk yourself through the problem and keep a balanced level there's a little gauge uh that has five little spaces and uh you would place something in the center space and if you use too many upwards you would have to recenter yourself. But if you'd also had to use too many downwards, you'd have to recenter yourself. So you're trying to have a centered, positive, accepted conversation with yourself. And that's what this is a little tool that you can do. You can print it out, stick it in your wallet, pull it up on a camera screen, and it, it's just there to help you. It's free, and that's all it is to be. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. And we're hoping to do more of these one page games because it like it's it's something that's really it that works well for us and yeah and it's about kind of finding balance we use the word labyrinth in it and so you work your way through this labyrinth which is um, like a meditation and it's about moving forward sometimes you have to kind of go up sometimes you have to go down but it's about creating positive dialogue because sometimes people are like we're our harshest critics <laughs> and so um, getting yourself out of your own head is is kind of the game so um so yeah so that's one of the things that's coming that's already here um but stay tuned for more little self-help games because this is a little band-aid and you can only do so much on a single sheet of paper um but i have a lot of ideas about um (laughs) about other little little like and and, like the community has been awesome because some people are like 
you know, I wish I had like a, a kind of almost like a calendar like thing. So if I could have like a more of like a daily check in thing, like a longer term type game um, or like a group type game. I don't know. There's a lot of really interesting ideas we've been kicking around. That's very cool. Yeah. And then the other big game, um, like so the big game that's coming up that we're still working on and um, but will be will be available uh, with a free quick start packet as well. That's kind of our, our shtick, um, but is called Project Violacia which is a solar punk, biopunk style game um, that we're making with the Sugar Gamers, which is a diversity advocacy organization in Chicago led by a bunch of cool, badass women of color. And, um, and so they came up with this awesome world and they were going to make it into a video game. And uh, video games are hard and complicated. And, uh, and so they built a lot of stuff but never finished it. And uh, we approached them and said, hey, like we, you know, we are, they were helping us with Axon Punk. And so to return the favors, we said, you know, how about we help you make Project V into a tabletop game? And that, that's totally doable. You can get that out and you don't need the 30-person team that you need to make a video game these days. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, it was really interesting to, to play test with them and to take all of their writing and take Keisha's ideas in her world. And Cameron and I spent a lot of time gamifying it and trying to figure out, you know, what rules are going to create the feel and the, the action and the ideas that she really, that, and the rest of the women on the team, um, and, and some of the men, uh, there's, a, there's a whole range of, of folks in the, in the Sugar Gamers. And, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so that was really cool because Axon Punk was all of our ideas and it was just like, let's strip this down and do whatever we want. And with Project V, it's, um, it's kind of, it's a little working backwards. And, um, but it's been really rewarding and it's very, um, it's a wild to play test with them because there are a lot of video game players and a lot of like people have families or full day jobs and they can only commit to so much time. And so it's, it's like just razor uh, cutting through red tape of just like, you know, how do we get to the fun? Like, when are we going to start having fun, Colin? (laughs) 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 So that was a lot of it. And that's why, um, so project V is much more a, uh, uh, like a card-based game, you deal out cards and stuff like that, and you have your instead of having a character sheet, you have a handful of cards in front of you, and you can basically like tap them and things like that, or use them for different abilities and draw from them and build your character. And um, as you develop over time, you have a little stack of cards and that represents your character. And uh, and we're really excited about that. It's about revolution in these. Uh, bubbled cities that are totally in control of by this like uh, kind of pseudo evil totalitarian regime and um and, and it's kind of questioning the idea of sustainability and brings in a lot of um uh, questions about the future and environmentalism and it's it's kind of an inversion of this of a lot of the stuff we see in cyberpunk where the people in control are often um kind of like partying on the titanic or um like things like that in cyberpunk it's in project v it's these people in power are much more about planning for the future and planning their legacy and making sure they are in power and their kids are in power and that the the bezos name will be a fixture of humanity for for as long as humanity is did i just name a name um sorry (laughs) (laughs) but these kind of people where it's a different kind of uh kind of social experiment 
So, um, so yeah, that's really we're really excited about that. That's wow. been. It's yeah. a lot more Asmoth than than Philip K. Dick. It's a lot okay. more uh in my opinion, it's it's twenty it's two thousand and one a space odyssey in in its cleanliness and its strangeness uh and its weird invasive corporate uh situation. It is not like cyberpunk where cyberpunk has exposed wires and grit and, and dust and rust. Project Violation is very solar. It is very polished. It is very controlled. Um, oh, yeah, it's very it's genetic. Um, and it was interesting because I have a background in in biology, and so I have a PhD in ecology and evolution. And so when Keisha was talking about, you know, the idea of genetic modifications in games and stuff uh-huh. like that, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, like, you want to, like, let's do this. But it was so interesting because her and I were coming at this from totally different sides because like I am the scientist um, as like a, you know, a, <laughs> like a you know, able-bodied white dude who's, who's at the tippity top, who's been to the top of, of the ivory tower. And, you know, she uh, salt the earth, like family friggin' build this country. Being a black woman is very different in science and in medicine. And so I'm used to being the one doing the experiments. And she's like, we are the ones being experimented on. Like that is the perspective on this game. Oh wow! <laughs> and so, so some of yeah. that, like, dis- so some of that reasonable distrust that comes from like me- distrust with medicine and science that comes from the atrocities that have happened in our past, where people have lied and misused people, <laughs> like Tuskegee experiments and like uh, all of this wild stuff that has happened. That was some of the stuff where we're really drawing from. Like, um, you know, like Henrietta Lack and, and things like that, where it's um, what, yeah, what happens when you're on the other side of this t- with this science, sci-fi stuff? So, yeah, that was, that's what Project V is getting into some, some of that interesting stuff. Oh, wow. That, that does sound interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, we still want it to be fun. We still want it to be cool. And you're still like, you know, figuring out revolution and you're figuring out how to manage society in these dome cities as these like kind of weird people in power are making decisions about society, about culture. They're trying to rev- limit revolution. They're trying to to manage people, but they're erasing culture. They're getting rid of a, a lot of diversity. The, the reaction is by the people of power is to withdraw and to isolate and homogenize. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reaction to anything is that's their strategy. And so it's to isolate, it's to live in bubbles. We need more antibiotics. We need more control. And, um, and the idea of like this, this pursuit of perfection. And so showing a lot of that is a fallacy and you have to live in the real world. So anyways, I can ramble about Project V all day. <laughs> <laughs> Where can our listeners go to check out all these games? Fantastic. Thank you. Well, you can find us at wrongbrothersgaming.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got all of, our, all of our stuff congregated there. But, if you re- uh, but you can also find all of our things at RPG where you can um, that's where we're going to have all of our print on demand stuff up soon and uh, you can buy a lot of our pdfs there under wrong brothers gaming if you search axon punk you can find all of that fun stuff there which has a bunch of free like materials for axon punk to help get you right into it but you can get yourself a 15 dollar uh remastered pdf and get going right away um, but we're also on the social medias under uh, at axon punk on Twitter, which is where a lot of the tabletop world is, um, but we're also on Instagram, 
under Wrong Brothers underscore gaming. And both of the Wrong Brothers are available under uh, like I'm Colin underscore wrong on Instagram. Cameron is Cam underscore wrong on Instagram, I do believe. Yep. And um and we are, but we're also on Facebook. You can find us at Axon Punk and at Wrong Brothers Gaming, ta- uh, Wrong Brothers Tabletop Gaming on Facebook. Again, uh, th- thank you so much, guys, for for both of you for coming on and, and talking with me about Axon Punk and about just the Wrong Wrong Brothers Gaming in general. It was it was fascinating. It was so much fun. So much fun. Awesome. Well, we would love to come back. And, uh, you know, play some games or just chat more about anything. Um, but I know I'm definitely going to be listening to the Swarmcast. It is added onto my queue of cool podcasts. And so thank you so much. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, guys. Swarmcast, I got your number. I'll call you all the time. Area code 8034704439 I admit that I'm impressed since I'm Hatrick, someone legit to come and sit and talk some stuff. Stuff. So joining us right now, if you guessed Ed Jowett from Shades of Vengeance, you are correct. Hey, Ed, how's it going? Hi, John. Uh, yeah, great. Um, we're doing our thing. Hello, listeners. Hello again. Thank you for having me back, John and listeners, being willing to listen to me talk. <laughs> One of the things I love doing, as you know. So, Ed, you were on our last episode, but that was quite some time ago. We, we took a little break after our, our massive 100th episode one of the main reasons you're you we have you on right now is because you have a kickstarter going on right now for something a little a little different than what we normally have you on to talk about yeah that's true for a change i have a kickstarter going i i know that no (laughs) one listening could ever have expected that what i've got going is as you say it's a little different to sort of the the card games or the or the role-playing games or, or even the comic that i often come on and talk about no this time it's an audio drama, and I'm not sure whether I've actually spoken to you about any of the audio dramas before, specifically. My instinct is probably not. I might have mentioned them in passing. But uh, it's called A Titan's Rise, and it's based in the Era of the Consortium universe. And it explores the life of one Elliot Dragon, who is a major character in that universe, and the events that lead up to him being that that major character. Okay. Um. It, it primarily focuses... So anyone who knows Era the Consortium will know who Elliot Dragon is. And anyone who doesn't know the Consortium, I don't want to spoiler you. So I will tell you that he uh, he undergoes a fair bit of tragedy throughout his life. Um, and I think it's fair to say that in the end he overcomes that tragedy and becomes the person that the Consortium needs him to be, whether they realize that or not. Okay. And that's really what this is about. This is about a journey through tragedy, through overcoming the difficulties that face us in life. And maybe the ones that face Elliot are slightly more extreme than they are for other people. But, you know, it, it's all about overcoming difficulty and coming back stronger when everything seems to be working against Okay. Um, so uh, I, I should probably say that um, anyone who is familiar with the Swarmcast podcast will be aware of the uh, lead character's voice at the very least, because I was press ganged into playing Elliot Dragon. <laughs> um, as someone else was earmarked to do it, and uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that he chickened out at the last minute and uh, and left it all to me. 
Ow. So while I don't consider <laughs> myself a voice actor in general, um, I am told that I did a pretty good job. Um, I, I really am very pleased with where it came out just as an overall production. Um, but here's the interesting thing. We actually recorded in December 2018. Oh, oh, wow. That's when we actually recorded, uh, November, December 2018 is when we recorded this audio drama. And it has gone through the fire to get to you, to get to Kickstarter today, or rather day before yesterday is when I launched. Um, but to get to Kickstarter, it has gone through the fire and then some. Um, we had uh, an editor initially lined up who did the audio capture and then unfortunately real life came up and she was unable to commit to doing the editing for us and then we had an editor um who sort of took everything on and um we decided that you know we had an opportunity to do something beyond source foley and editing all that together to make it sound roughly right um because this editor and composer as well um was a student at a local university at the time and she was able to obtain us some time in the foley studios oh that's very cool recording studios so we actually did i i i personally was the foley artist i got to fall all <laughs> over the place and punch myself in the shoulder and uh, punch <laughs> gammon I, I did a lot of punching gammon um and and the uh you know the the editor who's also the composer um also did the foley recording and i will never forget for as long as i live she said to me while i was um uh while i was punching this gammon and we were recording punching sounds she said to me beat it like it like it badmouthed your wife <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i was just punching this gammon like like just just frantically punching this gammon as hard as i could um i got to break I got to break uh, watermelon with uh, with like a metal pole. Um, I, I, probably the strangest thing I did was I had a hand fan and a big metal bowl. And what I did is I literally put the hand fan in front of a microphone and just lowered the metal bowl over it and raised it and lowered it and raised it. And with a little bit of a filter, that is the noise of the engine of a spaceship. Huh. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's phenomenal. It, it was it was an amazing experience i've i've had the opportunity to do foley before um i was with uh i was with a friend out in los angeles um on one of my trips to the u.s uh quite a few years ago now more than i'd like to actually say a number <laughs> um more than half my life ago put it that way um and um uh i was i was you know sort of i was exposed to the the foley studio for, of a professional studio um in los angeles and uh, you know i watched real professional foley artists do this stuff and 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 um my friend was the foley mixer so you know i learned a lot about foley about how you do footsteps about how you do cloth rustling you know all of these things and how much they matter to tell that story really really well huh so we we put together a foley list we went and did the foley um we did two entire foley sessions and we actually wanted to do a third one but we weren't able to book it um because the university started having a problem with staffing and weren't able to open the studios um uh, and and you know as if that's not enough the um the editor it got touch and go whether she'd complete her master's degree oh um, because she couldn't get in the studio at all right oh, it was it was okay. with us but the studios were closed um and and she did in the end and, and i will say spoilers it did all turn out well <laughs> but um you know then um she's from south africa and her visa ran out oh my so gosh she had to go back to south africa and then um i don't know if you know but in south africa quite often there are brownouts sort of rolling brownouts across cities okay um so she was struggling to have electricity to work she had to get a job out there and and sort of pay rent and so on um it, it's been absolutely crazy and then coronavirus hit come on 
my gosh. And it's just like, whoa! Wow. Something something almost seems to not want this to happen, you wow. know? Well, but it's... The- it's it's reflecting the uh, it's reflective of the the trials and tribulations of of the main character Elliot. Indeed, Drago. it is. Indeed, it is. <laughs> and and we all persevered so hard to make this this thing a reality. Um, and I think that you know, especially given everything that it's gone through. But even if you just listen in isolation, I, I really am very proud of the quality. There's um there's a nice long clip. Uh, there's a trailer that the video begins with, and then it goes on for a five minute clip after the one minute trailer. Mm-hmm. And then also, if you'd rather not watch it on a video, if you'd rather just listen to it on SoundCloud, there's um there's a link right below where the where the video is. If you just scroll down the tiniest bit. Right. Yeah, I, um, I, I checked those out, and uh, those those do sound pretty good. I like them a lot. I'm 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 looking forward to hearing the whole thing. Fantastic. So, you know, um, what 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 can I tell you? So, I want I want to avoid too many spoilers. So, you're gonna have to forgive me if I'm fine. a little bit vague. But okay. So, what we do is we start with Elliot Dragon, aged ten years old, and his parents and he have been forced to leave their home on Aron, where he's grown up. Now, you might know from the consortium that Aron is a planet where sort of all the species of the consortium coexist in a very orderly way. So, you know, there have to be an ev- an equal number of humans, Ulutians, Velithi, Zimians. And it just turns out that his his home is earmarked, along with several others, as the site of a new Zimian hive. And they're all just forced to leave. The Senate just says, okay, you're all going. Huh. Now, it's not all bad because... um. The Senate actually pays for the relocation of Elliot and other children to children's homes on Tyrannus. Not quite orphanages. They're more kind of, um, they're more kind of sort of homes for parents who are not able to be there. Tyrannus is an expensive place to be. And the Senate relocates, you know, Dragon, among others, Elliot, among others, uh, to these to one of these homes. But the thing is that he spends almost three months on a slow transport heading home. And during that time, uh, heading to his new home, I should say, heading to Tyrannus. Uh, Tyrannus is the capital world of the consortium for anyone who doesn't know. It's, It's very much the core of the society. And he... You know, he's listening to all these grown-ups who've lost everything, who are being sent home, and he suddenly picks up some bad habit, shall we say. Hmm. You know, they're all very angry and upset, and most of them blame the Zimian for this. You know, after all, it was a Zimian hive that was being built, right? Right. And 10-year-old Elliot doesn't quite know how to handle this. And what makes it worse is the fact that he's very intelligent, very, very intelligent kid. And, you know, he he goes to Tyrannus, he he lives in this this children's home, and he sort of, he goes to school, and you start to get the idea that maybe he's been more affected by this than you'd immediately realize. Okay. Um, you know, for example, just to take a very trivial example here, um, he uses the word bugs fairly freely to describe the Zimian. Okay. And that's, you know, that's basically a racial slur against the Zimian. And when he's told by the teachers not to do it, he doesn't understand and he does keep doing it. You know, he'll he'll refer to them as the bugs when he's not thinking because it's the first time he's really given it thought and obviously he was trapped on this this you know slow freighter full of humans who are all displaced mm-hmm. who are all angry with the zimians and you know they're all they're all you know saying whatever they're saying but right, he's right. just it's become his new normal and and that kind of episode one is all about how do you understand a new normal and what what does new normal look like when you're a kid on a planet where you've never been before you know you're 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 completely out of your element you're not in the place that you know 
And you, you, you sort of get the impression that his teachers are a little bit almost threatened by his intellect, you know, because he really is so smart. Um, there's, a, there's a wonderful moment, um, which uh, I'm sure everyone has had at some point at least witnessed in school, um, where, you know, uh, the teacher goes, so we've managed to get hold of these books. And uh, and Elliot goes, yeah, miss, um, I've read seven of the eight books already, and I have a few <laughs> questions. And the teacher's just like, uh, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's sort of almost aggressively intelligent. And the thing is that the system, the education system in the consortium is not really trying to educate him. It's trying to fit him in a box, which is a common problem for especially people who are neurodiverse. I myself, I am, I have ADHD. Um, and for people who are neurodiverse, you're often put in a box, especially if you don't realize you are from the start. Mm -hmm. oh, um, yeah. And yeah. I know that happens to other people as well. And, and you're sort of, you're sort of, they try and confine you into this box, no matter what your enthusiasm says and no matter what your drive is. Um, and, and I really wanted to tell that story a little bit and, and sort of reach out to those people who maybe had that experience growing up. I did not, not, not anywhere near to the degree that Elliot did, but but I certainly <laughs> had elements of those those experiences when I was growing up. Um, okay. Just because I would have massive enthusiasm for some things and no enthusiasm whatsoever for other things, and my teachers could never figure it out. Really, um, it wasn't until much later that I was I was uh, tested and and uh, uh, diagnosed with with ADHD. Okay. So you know that's that's kind of episode one, and then we go on to episode two, and we actually skip forward almost ten years, right? Um, at the end of episode one, he's actually twelve. So you know, there's about a year and three months that happens during that episode. So we we skip forward until he's eighteen. So I guess that's six years. But as anyone who's done it knows, growing from twelve to eighteen is a pretty transformative experience. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um. Elliot is not the same boy that we met in the first episode anymore by episode two. He's he's confident. He knows that his intelligence can be used to help people or as a weapon. He's got an anger within him about everything that's happened to him through his life to date. Um, and he's not he's not part of society really he, he's kind of outside it in his own way and although he has some of the trappings you know it's it's almost like he's not a real person but he's trying to pretend to be so he has a girlfriend and you know he he goes to class and he's he's good and he's one of the top people in the class and he has this sort of lack of restraint i would say on on every aspect of him so you know his his intellect you know his anger his attitude towards his girlfriend his you know, his attitude towards his schoolwork, nothing is restrained. He is he is completely without limit. And that causes its own kind of problems, as, you know, anyone anyone knows, right? You know, you, you have to have some kind of limit or you can't be a functioning member of society. Right. And that was kind of the thing that I was going for with episode two. I wanted to get a little bit of that. Okay, this person is so intelligent that the limits basically don't apply to him. Okay. So how does he behave? And particularly what happens when someone imposes a limit on him from the outside? Okay, gotcha. Right. So, you know, only in the first scene, he gets in trouble with the law. He, he gets in trouble with one of his lab partners. He gets in trouble with a teacher. He, you know, he, he's, he's smart enough that he's covered his tracks and no one can really blame him for what he's done. But we're starting to see what, what direction he could go in if he doesn't change course. Okay. And by the end of the episode, he is forced to change course by circumstances beyond his control. But he... He presents it as if he's accepted it. And that moves us on into episode three, which, again, is a, it's a small gap this time, just two or three years. Okay. And now, 
uh, fans of the show will know who Smirtios Security are. Mm-hmm. They are the police and the army of the consortium. Right, right. And he's joined Smirtios Security. Um, he's decided that he's going to be the captain of a ship, right? He's going to command a starship, and um, and that, that's what he's going to do with his life. Okay. And he's at the Officer Training Academy. He's he's doing a thing. Yeah, he, he's choosing what he's doing to make it clear his command ability, right? So, you know... It, uh, he says at one point, every single assessment has charted my path to command. You know, and, and obviously you don't get that out the gate. You don't get a starship when you graduate from the academy. Right. Um, but, you know, he's he's focusing on lining every domino up so he's ready, you know. Okay. And even if it takes a little while, then it takes a little while. But, um, you know, he, he's basically preparing and moving in that direction and, and so on. What happens is they open up command transfers for his class. And he, uh, you know, there's only the top five people in the mocks, you know, in the in the in the exams they're allowed to go for it he's absolutely top of the class um we hear him get a perfect 1024 in one of his one of his tests uh a nice little shout out to uh anyone who's a who's a comp ski there um because obviously 1024 being a power of two is a is a number that you get in binary very simply <laughs> okay okay um I, I i am a former computer scientist uh. <laughs> um, back at university that's what i was doing and um he you know he we, we watch him go through all of these various things and, and these tests and so on. And at the same time, uh, he and his girlfriend split up when when he left Tyrannus and went to the Smirtios security base. Um, they knew it at the time. You know, the last scene of episode two covers um, how they're going to cope with it. And and by the time episode three starts, um, I'd almost say he's been latched onto by someone else um, who sort of considers him a friend, but I'm not even certain that it's mutual. Okay. okay. So, you know, it's sort of like he's still not quite part of the part of the group right um and and you know he knows this person and he talks to them and he's also learned that not being part of the group can be very powerful um it becomes very clear early on um that he has something in fact it's in the in the extended sample uh that's on the kickstarter there's a there's a gentleman named lieutenant patel and he is the officer who is responsible for the cadet and through what elliot says we learn that you know he's been grabbing shellhead cadet which obviously is a is a zimian you know he, he's he's been grabbing zimian cadet and uh, and there's a reference to mossy pillows which is uh perhaps a rather rather unpleasant reference to velithi who are plant oh, okay aliens. <laughs> you know it, it becomes very clear very quickly that elliot has actually hacked into the systems at the academy to conceal lieutenant patel's goings on huh. at the lieutenant's request right um you know getting in and out without being noticed is not easy you know and as a result he knows that he can have people under his thumb you know okay. now probably the biggest spoiler that i'm going to have to give you is uh, uh in order to make the, the the fourth episode make sense i'm going to try and make this exclusive to you guys he does not get the command transfer okay. now the reason that he doesn't is because anyone who is very familiar with the consortium law will already know there is a quota in the big eight companies well big seven at that time uh this is before gaia adaptation and adjustment became uh one of the big eight okay so there's a quota and they have to have at least a certain number of non-human command track officers in Smirtios security, or Hayden Bank reduces their funding. So the scene that's at the end of the extended sample is Patel warning 
Elliot that he's not going to get the transfer without saying it directly. Oh, okay. Oh, right? Wow. And Elliot certainly has some choice things to say about the gentleman who does get it, huh. um, which is Hasnail. And Hasnail will be promoted, and, um, and that's where we leap forward to episode four, because episode three ends with Elliot realizing that he's not being promoted. He's being shipped out as an engineer. Hmm. And we fast forward another few years, and Elliot is now the chief engineer on a light cruiser called the Tyrannus Dawn. And ironically, Hasnail is the first officer. The the guy who got the promotion, got the promotion. Has, yeah. has been promoted again during that time, as indeed is Elliot, to first off. So we kick off with rumours in episode four that a gentleman named Sean Hardcastle has gathered a fleet of pirate ships. Now... I'm not going to spoiler this one because this is it's a great story about Sean Hardcastle. He has his own saga. I could write an entire series on him on his own. <laughs> but anyone who knows Era of the Consortium's history will know who Sean Hardcastle is, what happened to him, and and why he's coming with a fleet of ships to attack. And the Tyrannus Dawn is sent to engage them. Oh my. Um, it's part of a fleet, and I'm not going to say anything more about episode four. <laughs> uh, about the events of episode four. Uh, the Tyrannus Dawn is sent to engage them, and... I think it's fair to say that Elliot's life changes once again. Oh, I will say one more thing. Elliot Dragon does not die at the end of episode four. Right. In fact, there is an episode four, uh, five, six, seven, and eight, which are written. Oh, interesting. And I'm hoping that, you know, when, when this, this is funded, we'll be able to fund a little more of the editing to get those finished off to as get well. Some of this. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. So this is, you know, I mean, it's fully standalone on its own. It ends perfectly well um, in a nice place. Mm -hmm. and it's an engaging and interesting story it's about growing up in this cyberpunk universe where you don't get to make your own choices okay uh, as with as with smite your security and the quotas some things are just out of your hands right huh the um and it's funny too because when you were talking about it i was like yeah i i I'm, was listening to that that as you called it that extended preview mm -hmm. and um and all of that came through with that everything you were talking about so 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 listeners um ed didn't actually didn't spoil a lot of stuff if you go to the kickstarter page you can actually listen to a lot of that stuff that that you were just talking about uh yeah i mean you can't get everything right right um, right right obviously but um <laughs> but yeah i mean there's a good chunk of episode three that's available uh-huh um, it's about five minutes long, five and a half minutes or so. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's there to give you an idea of the kind of quality that we're producing. Mm -hmm. Every single piece of music in the audio drama was custom composed by Zulian Joubert. Oh, cool. We even have the original soundtrack as one of the rewards because it's that good. That's very cool. You know, uh, particularly there's a there's a really fantastic track, which is the club on Tyrannus at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of episode two when he tangles with the law and, and she just wrote a brilliant she she doesn't she's not a someone who goes clubbing neither am i <laughs> uh particularly certainly not anymore um but i never really have been and and she just wrote the perfect as uh leo kosh the uh the one of the co-stars calls it the perfect club banger <laughs> uh, and it, it's it's absolutely brilliant exquisite oh, that's very cool so that's that's um and that's something to to check out. It's 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 on Kickstarter right now. It's going on until uh, I want to say the beginning of October sometime. Yeah, about about the fourth of October. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the the tiers are set up really nicely. So if if all you want to do is get 
just the the digital stuff you can get that um of course as with so many of the shades of vengeance uh kickstarters there's different tiers and different things that you can add on if you want more if you want more shades of vengeance uh stuff if you want more air consortium stuff it's it's all in there i was glancing through it just today and i was like wow this is um this is this is loaded just like just like most of your kickstarters are i like to give people the opportunity to sort of get something interesting and unique so i'm not off Offering any role-playing game rewards in this. Yeah, right? I did. It's, it's not... Yeah. yeah, you can't go and buy the rule book. If you want the rule book, please go ahead and buy it. It's available on a store. And, you know, we're, 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 we're happy we're happy for you to go and pick it up from there. Um, what this is about is really it's all about the, the audio drama. So, you know, you can get the script. You can get the original soundtrack that I talked about. Right. You can get sort of digital wallpapers, wallpapers um, yeah. from, from the unique artwork that we've had done. You can also get something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So the thing about A Titan's Rise is, yes, you can enjoy it. 100% you can enjoy it on its own. It's a great standalone story about growing up in a, in a cyberpunk universe, as I say. <laughs> but if you want to know the entire history of the consortium, I'm finally sort of writing and compiling everything together to make the anthology of short stories into a novel, novel-sized book, where you can just read through the entire history of the consortium, sort of uh, enjoy it, learn about it, see it, and, um, and, and you know, yeah, just, just learn about all the way through that history. And then one of my absolute favorite rewards, uh, the producer credit. I love offering this. I love giving people the chance to say, yeah, I was there. The All of the profit from the producer credit, apart from what, what goes to, to make your rewards, that is, uh, which is obviously not profit, all of the profit goes to the cost. That's very cool. That's and very I cool. should say, you know, as, as I played the lead, as I said earlier, I had more than half of the lines personally, and I've actually waived all of my all of my shares in the uh, in the voice acting portion of the profit split to make sure that everyone else gets some money for the work they did. Oh, that's very cool. That's very cool. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I am getting a small amount as the director, as, you know, the Foley artist, and so on, and for the other things I did. But for all of the voice acting I did, I'm giving my shares to the rest of the team because they, they worked so hard. We did such a fantastic job. You know, I, I'm, I'm getting other things. Yes, I've worked hard on it. Yes, I would love to be paid. But um, I really think that those guys, if we reach the 1500 funded goal, they still really aren't getting paid that much for the work that they've done. So I decided to say, okay, look, you know what? have mine and and you know i'll just get my uh much smaller um director cut um <laughs> all, all of this all of this works on a profit share basis so no one's been paid oh wow and yeah it's really important to me that everyone who's who's done the work on this gets paid fairly or as fairly as i can for the work that they have done so right. you know as as i wrote it and directed it and so on you know i put a lot of time into it but um i feel like the people who took the risk i knew it was going to be great i always knew it was going to be great i feel like the people who took the risk deserve more of the reward that's very cool Ed. that's very very so looking through just sort of the beginning uh blurb and such on the starter you you do make a point of saying basically if you're a fan of certain certain other uh sci-fi genres or certain sci-fi ip this will will still be definitely up your alley this yeah. and if you're let's say you're not so much into the whole uh role-playing game type of thing which i i wonder why you'd be listening to the swarmcast podcast if that's the <laughs> case but let's say that you're not really into gaming this still would be um even just from the five minutes i listen to this still sounds like a great fun to, to listen to something that can well be even really if enjoyed. well even if you are into gaming but unfortunately you don't have space in your schedule for another game 
So right. you know you can't you can't play Era of the Consortium, but you know you'd like to experience the universe. That that might be a reason that someone would listen to the Swarmcast podcast and still be well, interested yeah. and not be able to play Era of the Consortium. There you go. There you go. That's a very good point too. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and to kind of bring it a little bit closer to to current day events, let's say that you're at home, you know, because you can't go out and game. And maybe you have to listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of uh, audio and stuff while you're working from mm. home or such. This would be a good thing to have have playing while you're doing that as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'd, li- I'd like to think so. Let's yeah. put it that way. So in, in between listening to um, episodes of the, the Swarmcast, uh, you, can, you can listen to A Titan's Rise. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so just an interesting point. A Titan's Rise, the word Titan might mean something to existing fans of Hero the Consortium. Uh-huh. And I'm only going to say for now that the title is not an accident. Okay, I, I, see, um, I see where you're going yeah. with. Well, I'm 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 not going to say that Elliot Dragon is a titan. That is ridiculous. Um, uh, for anyone again, for anyone who knows Era the Consortium, right. but um, the the title is not an accident. Okay. Yeah. There you are. There's nice and tantalizing for you. <laughs> All right. So again, listeners, go. Go on to Kickstarter and check out A Titan's Rise from uh, Shades of Vengeance. So, Ed, anything anything else you want to say about um, any of the anything going on with Shades of Vengeance or 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 how 2020 has been treating you and such as that? I know you've Ooh. you mentioned just before recording that that you guys have had a you've had a pretty slow year. You've only had about um, five or six six, uh, six Kickstarters yeah, th- this year. So uh, to put that <laughs> in perspective, we we had twelve last year, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, we've only had six this year. So by comparison, it's slow. Now uh, I understand that that's not slow to most people. We've mostly been working on Era Lost Legend, uh, which I obviously spoke to you back in October right. last yes. year. And Era Lost Legend has proven very very tricky. It's needed a lot of how do i put this um new ideas new ways of thinking about delivering a rule book okay because yeah yeah. it's more than just a rules change it's kind of a a fundamental approach change to how things work in an era rule book okay um you know with the with the power trees being leveling up you know i i can write right i can write era the consortium era the empowered era survival era liars um i can write all of these books and they all level up the same you know, you have different skills and I, I can write a different skill description for those skills. But the fundamental part of leveling up remains the same, for example. Whereas in Erelos Legend, not only do I have these extra rules for ultimate attacks and manifests and being an ethereal and, you know, all of these various things, how your abilities are linked to your weapon and so on. I've also got that leveling up is just completely different. And um, we've done some really awesome stuff. We um, we put together a computer program because uh, we've got like a web of nodes that are interconnected. Uh-huh. And we put together a computer program to make sure that sort of doing a tree search through the node, again, computer science, um, right. <laughs> doing a tree search through the nodes, you can't reach any ultimate faster than any other weapon. Okay. Okay. You, you know, you take, you can't get more than a certain amount in every attribute or skill. You, um, you know how when you are leveling up normally in in an era game, um, you get to, uh, you have to spend two points to go up to a four or a five and three. Sorry, I've got that wrong. A five or a six and three points to get to a seven or an eight. Yeah. Well, that's all integrated into the web as well so that you can't get all of the, you know, all of the strength nodes and get to eight strength without having paid four for each of the first four, four okay. for the second two, and then six for the last two. 
Oh, okay. You have to do all that payment no matter which no route matter you what. follow through the rep through the web. Okay. And and when you see one of the webs, you'll you'll realize that actually it's a tremendously complicated thing. Um that really has taken, you know, they've taken 10 days each oh, to, wow. to map out and get right and so on. So, you know, you can see that becomes a bit of a time sink when you've got 13 of them. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's really been a lot of work. A really fun project, don't get me wrong. Um my my enthusiasm for Final Fantasy has never been higher. <laughs> my enthusiasm for Lost Legend is still massive. Um, I've actually been including Era Lost Legend uh, items in the Era Zone R zine okay. um, ever since uh, December last year. The the fourth issue last year hadn't had an Era Lost Legend thing in, and I've been including something every every issue this year as well. Okay. Uh, even though it's not released yet. Right. In fact, uh, you had just finished up the a Kickstarter for the Arizona 2020 part two or or the, the second one yeah for 2020 um i have yeah i've done one of those recently um so what happened in in 2020 we we ran the Arizona as we did in 2019 uh-huh. and unfortunately this was prior coronavirus so uh pre pre-coronavirus so it you know unfortunately we didn't get the level of support i would have liked and that meant that we only funded two issues not four okay. and i I had made an assumption in some of the reward tiers that we would have four, and I'd priced them accordingly, uh, notably the Arizona 2020 collection. Now, only two people had taken that, but I didn't really want to refund them their money, and I didn't really want to, you know, uh, have to say, you know, oh, yeah, I'm giving your money back because I failed to do it. And I didn't really want to take what should have been the cost for four issues from them when I'm only giving them two. That didn't feel right. So I'd already decided that I was going to write issue six and issue eight. Um, I was going to write them myself, and I was going to send them out to those two people. Oh wow! And I got to I got to issue six being complete, and we got to kind of July when things were starting to open up again, at least in the UK, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit. Right. And I thought, okay, look, I want more people to enjoy these things. Arizona issue six, uh, which was you know only going to go to two people, is a list of twenty four crossovers. Twenty, I'm sorry, it's a list of twenty crossovers between various era games. Huh. So. You want to you wanna combine Era the Empowered and Era Survival. Here is my suggestion. You are in a post-apocalyptic universe where, you know, only superheroes were powerful enough to survive the zombie apocalypse. Okay. So you've got Empowered running around, you've got the zombies running around, but now what's the point in being a supervillain when there's no one to subjugate? Right. What's the point in being a hero when there's no one to protect? Huh. What What do you do? Okay. You know, and, and, and this was kind of the premise for, for that. And that's one of 20. So every single game got two. Um, like I went through and I went, okay, so this is the consortium double page. This is the survival double page. This is the silence double page and so on. Oh, wow. Oh, very cool. And every one of them got two, and obviously every one of them had to go back into other games twice, two separate games. Oh, wow. So, you know, you get Consortium right, right, and Balam, right. which is low-hanging fruit. You know, um, a lot of people do this already, but I gave my thoughts on the actual mechanical methods for converting Balam fighters into Consortium fighters. Okay. So if you want to be a fighter squadron, here's how you do it. Okay. Um, and then there are some which are a little more off the wall, like the era, the empowered era survival thing. Right. So I thought, okay, look, I'm going to run another era zone Kickstarter. It doesn't have to be for much, but to write these and only ever have two people see them is a little bit ridiculous. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I ran the Arizona 2020. I got a huge amount of support. 
way more than I expected to get. And it was it was actually, I want to say, yeah, it was actually slightly more than the original Kickstarter. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was about £100 more than the original Kickstarter for that. That, that was the support I got, oh, which wow. is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's great. I couldn't ask for more. So, you know, yeah, I've been able to now fund these other two issues. I've just, uh, before we before we started talking, I've just been editing issue seven of the Eurozone. Oh, cool. <laughs> and it's, yeah, no, it's it's going really well. I've got some great stuff. Um, because it's September, October, um, I've got some Halloween stuff. I've got some uh, some spooky kind of um, campaign stuff. And then I've got some stuff like, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. One second. <laughs> I will, uh, I, I just, I can't think. My brain's suddenly gone to mush. I've got some, I, I've got, let's have a look here. I have, um, ah, yes, I'm starting a brand new section in the Eurozone, uh, which is called the Era Games GM Toolkit. What's going to happen is every issue, I'm going to devote a double page to this, I hope. And I'm going to talk about various things that people don't know how to do. And this is all thanks to feedback from the GMs who have been running games on our Discord throughout this year. Okay. Um, you know, they'll go, Ed, how do I do traps? I don't I don't really have a good idea of how how I do traps, how you detect them, how much damage they should do, how you can make traps in such a way that they're interesting and fun and beatable, but also deadly. Huh, okay. Um and, and that's what I'm gonna write a double page on. I'm gonna write a double page on how you do traps as a GM in the era D ten rule set. Um in this one. In the next one, I'm gonna talk about how you make challenging enemies for your party. Yeah. Yeah, that's always a good one. You know, and and there, I, I've got a list of five or six topics that should keep me going for another year. Okay. And and that's you know that's primarily thanks to uh, uh, Doug McIntyre, who is um, he's he's an enthusiastic GM who's been running stuff on on the Discord for uh, you know ever since March, mm-hmm. since we had lockdown. Uh, we were running games pretty much every day between March and July, um, and he was one of those who was helping out. And um, you know, it's one of the things that's funny about being a creator. You don't get a lot of feedback. You don't get told when people don't know how to do things. Okay. People will just go, oh, it's a crap game. Right, right. They'll, yeah, um, I, I get you. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I'm I'm not perfect. Um, The difference between the Era of the Consortium Core Rulebook and the Era of the Consortium 5th Anniversary Definitive Edition speaks to that, right? <laughs> there are things that I learned over five years that I was like, oh, okay, that definitely ought to be in the rulebook. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm not perfect, and I'm happy to be told, hey... You know what? I, I found it a bit hard to understand how to do this thing. Can you write something that'll take me through it? I'm, okay. I'm happy to, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that sort of thing. So, yeah, I was really pleased to have Doug come forward and ask and others, you know, have, have come forward and said, oh, you know what? I'd really like to know this. Oh, that's cool. And and you're going to be given and this is your way of giving that that feedback that. Exactly. So, that yeah, stuff for and, everybody, you know, the Arizona is not an expensive publication. It's one dollar ninety nine cent and it's got something for every single game in it. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that it's, you know, if, if you're a GM who's trying, I, I really think that it's, you know, it's it's where you ought to be looking if you're if you're wanting to learn more about GMing era games. So right. yeah, I think it's the perfect. Well, very cool. That's that's all very, very cool stuff, Ed. Um, wow. We've I, I just looked down and like realized we've we've talked for for a decent amount of time here, which I guess isn't too unusual. Uh, once, no, once no, I get you, you, on the you never can get me to <laughs> shut up. So um, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to wrap this up um, so that our listeners can go out there and check out Titans Rise. Uh, Titans Rise, indeed. Yeah. So uh, any 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 other last little bit of stuff. Of course, listeners, I'm gonna have um, 
in our links of vengeance, I'm going to have all sorts of uh, links to the Shades of Vengeance, their website, to the Kickstarter. I think I still have or can get a link to the Discord that I can put in there if you'd like, Ed. Yep, yeah, absolutely, please. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to try out any of the era games, join our Discord, right? Yeah. We, we run games not quite every day anymore now that things are back working, but um, we are running games once a week, at least, once or twice a week. So if you'd like to play something, we're, we're, we're running, we're here, we're able... And we'd be happy to include you if you'd like to play. All right. Very cool stuff. Um, so, well, in that case, uh, Ed, I want to thank you again for, for coming on to the Swarmcast and sharing this information. I'm looking forward to Titan's Rise. It's going to be fun to listen to that. Thank you so much for having me back. I look forward to coming back again, I hope. Yeah, no, really good stuff. Thank you very much. And thank you, listeners, for bearing with me for my rambling. <laughs> Um, if you if you want mm-hmm. to know something specific next time I'm on, uh, make sure you leave a comment for John. Um, yes, please so you do. can ask me a question if there's if there's something you want me to want me to talk about now that I've done so many shows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do that, listeners. Uh, you'll be able to get the email address from uh, and our phone number from one of the bumpers. So however you want to do that. Podcast at gmail dot No FOMO no mo. Play a board game review for me. Now playing a board game review recorded by the Swarmcast Podcast. Hey Toast. Oh, hey John. Hey, uh, what's that you got there? Are this? Oh, it's a, uh, it's a new game by Vindicated Entertainment. Huh. Yeah. Oh, what's it called? Um, it's called Gulatine. Oh, me guillotine. No, 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 no. Gulatine. Like, it's a ghoul. See, like this coat right here. It's kind of like a zombie thing. Yeah. Gulatine. Yeah, it's a neat little, uh, sort of spooky... A hmm. uh, Halloween-themed kind of a oh, yeah. game, kind of supposed to be like a... Look at that. Sort of like a blackjack kind of a thing. Yeah, so when you're playing it, mm-hmm. you and up to like about nine of your other friends... So ten um, You play these cards and you try to not be the person who brings the top score above a 13. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. And I see each of the cards have, uh, some of them have different yeah. special powers and abilities on them. Yeah, it's pretty neat, right? Mm-hmm. Like this one here. Ah, if I play this one, um, uh, you get a cup full of water what? thrown in your face. Oh. Ah! To- <laughs> Toast. What the? Let me see that. That's not on the card. Okay. So that's not really a card, but it, but it should be. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. Well, that's pretty cool. So you said this is from Vindicated Entertainment. Hey, we had we had uh, Vincent Baker on our show. Uh, you Oh, gosh. Years ago when we were at Myrtle Beach somewhere. Yeah. He lives, lives kind of close by. Yeah. In fact, we've talked about at least one of his other games on the show before. Yeah. Spell Slinger. This one's so new. It's actually on Kickstarter right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's... Um, Let's let's give it one of our let's give it a game review then. Yeah, okay. So, um just a point of fact, this version that we're reviewing here mm-hmm. is kind of an early review version. It's oh, yeah. a print and play. So some of the stuff we say may or may not, you know, hold true to the final product, but 
Here we go! Ha <laughs> ha! Okay. All right. So, again, the game is Gulatine. Oh. It's out on Kickstarter right now by Vindicated Entertainment. It's for two to ten players, ages oh. seven and up, and plays in about five to thirty minutes. Wow. That's pretty quick playtime. Yeah, I know, right? All right, so what's some what's some good stuff we can say about this toast? Well, the art's uh-huh. really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good art. They've it might be hard pressed to find some of Vindicated Entertainment's uh, games that don't have right very decent art, very nice art. Yeah, it's really cute. Um, and this one, it's I mean, scary. it's Halloween themed, so it's movie monster type things, uh, ghouls and ghosts and things like that, but it's also very cutesy. Hey, wait, this is a fairy, though. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good fairy. fairy. So, uh, what what else can we say that's good? Well, it's got a quick playtime. Yeah, Yeah, it sure does. I mean, heck, we've played like like about two or three games of it right here as we've been reviewing it yeah pretty much yeah so the rules are actually very easy to grasp oh yeah um i didn't know a lot of the rules for the special cards are actually right there on the card yeah and this card right here is Uh for uh tracking the score it's pretty nice oh well that's a nice little way to help keep track of what the score is for everybody that's pretty cool yeah all right so now, you know, because we got to say something bad about the game, too. Because that's oh. what we do. You know, something good and something bad. Right. <laughs> right. So what's something kind of bad? Thing. I'm going to make you say something bad about this game. Okay. <laughs> um, well, some of the rules needed a little bit of clarification. And from our playing through it a few times with a few people, we felt that there needed to be a few more of the cards with the negative values. Yeah. But for, for bad, that's really not not terrible at all is it yeah i thought you were gonna say something worse oh well uh hmm. yeah i got nothing okay so in that case um we get to our other category what's some stuff we could say in our other category well it's a small box uh-huh yeah you're right it uh fits easily on the shelf doesn't take up a lot of shelf space doesn't yeah. take up a lot of table space either oh. you can shove it in your pocket you can take it around. I play it on the floor. from what I've seen on the Kickstarter page, it's mm-hmm. actually got a pretty decent price point. Oh, yeah. So um, here's kind of a neat thing. If you uh, really wanted more than the 10 players, I guess, if yeah. you had a lot of people what, getting 20? ready to play this thing, you could just um, buy two decks. Huh. Yeah. I guess you could. And then you just yep, there smash you go. them together. You got it. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like this. I like it a lot. So, um, some of the, the different rules that were being kicked around on this, because, uh, you know, Vincent was hitting me up saying, hey, yo, toast dog, whatever sure. it was. Here's some extra rules. There's a uh, rule where if you're the last two players, uh, instead of drawing the normal three, you draw five, and that's uh-huh. pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Makes it an interesting element. We found that that it changes the tactic somewhat because then it's it's kind of right, in your right. favor to try to have yourself run out of cards in your hand instead okay. of your opponent. Yeah, which is uh, you know kind of unusual, but hey, you know. Yeah, and there's a um, uh, I believe he had he had said that uh, the the game plays best what three out of five. Yeah, yeah. Which. You know, especially if the game's going pretty quickly, uh-huh. could be a lot of fun. That's a nice way to kind of expand the game out, especially if you got a lot of players. But if you're just, I find that if you're just kicking around and having fun, 
then you could just, uh, you know, just play right, without. Exactly. Three out of three, yeah. three out of five. All right, Toast. So would you recommend this game? Yeah, I'd, I probably would. I probably would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and from what we found, it goes over really well with um, younger players. Huh. And that's a very relative term. <laughs> You're <guess>. old. <laughs> yeah, old well. person. <clears throat> well, would you buy the game? You know, I probably would. It's 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 a good, decent price point, and like I said, it fits easily on the shelf. All right then. Well, again, that was Gulatine by Vindicated Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Go and check out that Kickstarter for that game right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah lots of monsters in that game. Yeah. yeah. My. You know what my one complaint is though. Uh, I know what you're gonna say. We all know what you're gonna say. Yeah. Well. There's no cobalts in it. What's up with that? Ah. Check out SwarmcastPodcast.com for more board game reviews. Recorded by the Swarmcast Podcast. The following game reviews were submitted by attendees at Scarab Gaming Convention. Name of the game. Dungeon World. Compass Rose. Name of the reviewer, Dominique. The Good. Very simple and fun gameplay. The story was enticing and I played in most of the sessions. The game engine is also great. It's simple to pick up and the rules are loose, relying mainly on the creativity of the players and the discretion of the GM. Bad. Ran on a while, which was only bad because it was a convention run on sessions. Very confusing at the end of an early time session. Other. Very player driven. So new GM, new GM beware. The story can be completely run off the rail if the players choose to do so. Recommend. Yes. Buy. Yes. <laughs> Name of the game. My Little Scythe. Name of the reviewer. Gideon. Good. You get to be different characters. Bad. None. Other. None. Recommend. Yes. Buy. Maybe. Name of the game. My Little Scythe. Name of the reviewer. Luther. The Good. Great game mechanics and miniatures. Easy to play, not overly long. Bad. Board artwork could be better. Other. None. Recommend. Yes. Buy. Yes. The name of the game is Arboretum. The name of the reviewer is Beth. The good. Lots of different strategies here. Beautiful cards. Interesting concept of building a path. The bad. Takes a minute to learn. Understanding the scoring system. You need to play a couple of games to get the hang of it. Other. Done. Recommend. Yes. Buy. Maybe. Name of the game. Arboretum. Name of the reviewer. Tongue. The good. Short, quick game. The bad. Points are confusing. Other. None. Recommend. No. Buy. No. Hey, this is Toast. Um, go ahead and leave a swarm cast a message. Remember our number, area code 803-470-4439. Maybe we'll use our message on the air. Who knows?
<sighs> well, everybody, the show's finally over. That's it. You can go back to your normal life again, though it's probably never going to be the same. You can find the Swarmcast podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Tell us what you think. Heck, give us a good review on either iTunes and Tuned In, Stitcher. Heck, I think we're putting stuff out on YouTube now, if that's kind of your thing. Anyway, subscribe, like, whatever, all through those different guys. Or you can grab the RSS feed from our website, which is swarmcastpodcast.com. That's all one word. And you can also email us at swarmcastpodcast, again, one word, at gmail.com. Why not? Or you can leave us a message at area code 803-470-4439. And we'll probably play it on the air if you're lucky. Maybe. (laughs) So, until next time, keep on gaming. And when you think of toast, think of me. The music heard at the beginning of this show was by iFi Dragons. Check them out on iFiDragons.com. And hey guys, I just want to leave you with this. It's still not too late to enter into our contest that we did in episode 100. Give us a call or email and wish us a happy 100. Then you'll be entered in to win a copy of a Menace Among Us, and a copy of The Deadlies. So that's one game per each winner. A uh, big shout out to Smirk and Dagger Games for making that happen. Well, I remember every little thing as if it happened only yesterday. Playing Monopoly and there was not another game in sight And I never had a girl playing any better than you did And all those board game fools, well they were wishing they were me that night And now our properties are so close and tight It never felt so good, it never felt so right and we're glowing like a hotel on the high red side Glowing like a hotel on the high red side Well come on, roll it right Well come on, roll it right Though I need the only property inside I can see a paradise rolling snake eyes twice Ain't no doubt about it, we were doubly blessed Cause we were buying properties and gold was barely passed Ain't no doubt about it, baby gotta go and shout it Ain't no doubt about it, we were doubly blessed Cause we were buying properties and gold was barely passed Baby, don't you see my deeds? You got it landing on the railroads. I've been waiting so long for you to come along and land on one. And I gotta let you know, no, you're never gonna afford it. So open up your eyes, I got a big surprise. It'll feel alright, well, I wanna make a deal with you. And our properties are so close and tight. 
It never felt so good, it never felt so right And we're glowing like a hotel on a high red side Glowing like a hotel on a high red side well, Come on, roll it right well, Come on, roll it right Though I need the only property inside Near the only property inside Paradise rolling snake eyes wise You gotta do what you can The live free park and do the rest Ain't no doubt about it we were doubly blessed we bought all the properties and go with barely We're gonna trade properties tonight We're gonna trade properties tonight tonight We're gonna trade properties tonight We're gonna trade properties tonight tonight We're gonna trade properties tonight We're gonna trade properties tonight tonight We're gonna trade properties tonight We're gonna trade properties tonight tonight Okay, here we go. We got some real wheeling dealing going on here. Two spaces away from Boardwalk Hotels all the way. There's the dice roll and there it is. A one and a two. Look at him go. He's collecting really roll. He's letting on go. Really collecting go now. He's not letting up at all. He's going to try for a chance. The shoe has moved on and out on the board. And here comes the roll and one roll. He's going to slide into Redding. Oh, here he comes. He's in jail. No, wait. Safe. Safe. Just visiting. This kid really makes buildings happen out there. Play it steps up, roll the dice, here's the roll, they're going, and what a roll! He's got designed that utility, here's the throw, it's in double one, electricity bought, holy cow, roll again! He's taking a pretty big lead out there, almost scaring them to fill the board. Next player glances over, rolls, and it's a best! Oh, mortgage down, sink gameplay! Suicide run is on, here he comes, free parking, it's gonna be close, here's the roll, here's the move from the space, holy cow, I think he's gonna make it! on my next turn Let me roll on it Baby, baby, let me roll on it Let me roll on it I'll give you an answer on my next turn Let me roll on it Baby, baby, let me roll on it Let me roll on it I'll give you an answer on my next turn Boy.
Beastie Boy? Yes or no? What's it gonna be, boy? Uh, 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 let me roll on it. Baby, baby, let me roll on it. Let me roll on it. I'll give you an answer on my next turn. I gotta know it right now. Let me roll on it. 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 I couldn't take it any longer. Lord, I was crazy when the feeling came upon me like a tidal wave. I swear that's where until I got out of my mother's grave. I give you free rent to the end of the game. I swore free rent to the end of the game. So now I'm praying for the end of the game to hurry up and drive. Cause if I gotta spend another minute playing, I don't think that I can really survive I'll never break my promise or forget my vow But God only knows what I can do right now I'm praying for the end of the game, it's all that I can do Praying for the end of the game so that I can end my game with you Long ago and it was far away It was so much better than it is today It was long ago and it was far away and it was so much better than it is today It was long ago and it was far away and it was so much better than it is today